Welcome back to episode 149 of the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens, producer, and we are back from Comic-Con with our ever-always-amazing panel. We had some great group of panelists, so with no further ado, here is the Women of Marvel panel from San Diego Comic-Con. So I'm going to introduce the panelists, and everyone get an amazing round of cheers. So first and foremost, my partner in crime, who is currently fixing her hair, Ms. Sana Aminat! Oh, we have pictures. There's me. Um, my name is Judy Stevens. I am one of the uh, uh, voices of the Women of Marvel. Um, I'm a producer. I produce a bunch of video content, including the live stream that's happening down in the Marvel booth. And we've got Sana Aminat, who is the director of content and character development. Shiny title. And then we've got Lorraine Sink, host and writer of. Uh, that's wrong. It should be with the big Marvel show. I didn't update that. Oops. Still counts. It still counts. She still she did it at one point. We've got Margie Stoll. <laughs> Writer of uh, Black Widow for Rhetoric and Captain Marvel. Got it, baby. I. We've got Rainbow Royale. New to the Women of Marvel. Rainbow will be writing the new Runaway series coming this fall. We've got Christina Strain. Christina is currently writing Generation X, but before that, she was a colorist for Marvel. So we're excited to have her. You were on a Women on Marvel panel like years ago? I was on the first one. Wow, look at that. Full circle. Jim McCann started it back in the day. Wow. But I colored, that was back when I was a colorist, and I colored Runaways. So. Um, Mariko Tamaki will be joining us. She's running a little late from a signing. And we've got Alana Smith. Um, uh, Alana is assistant editor and uh, new to Comic Con this year. Hi, Alana. Hey, kid sister. We got a newbie. We got a little one on, on stage. Um, so before we, we kick it off, this is obviously uh, our favorite panel, Women of Marvel. You guys are so amazing. Um, uh, if for those of you who do not know, Flo Steinberg. Uh, Flo Steinberg was uh, really a legend at Marvel. Uh, she was Stan Lee's um, assistant back in the day. If you guys were fans, you probably got a letter from Flo. We found out, um, unfortunately, that she passed away. Um, and Flo has been an incredible influence on all of our lives. Um, she still was working at Marvel to this day, uh, giving us hugs, yelling at us, smacking us on the back, lots of sass. She was such an incredible woman, and we would not be here today if it wasn't for the, the path that Flo forged for us. She's the original woman of Marvel, and um, we are very sad to hear her go. Uh, but we are incredibly grateful for everything that she has given us and for the opportunity that we have had because of the fact that she existed. And um, 
she, uh, she was a very tough, tough woman. Uh, and I think that we all um, are hoping that we can follow in her, in her footsteps. So this um, Woman of Marvel panel uh, is dedicated to her and really it's going to be continued to be dedicated to Flo Steinberg. Um, so with that being said, Flo hates when we're very emotional. She wants us to celebrate, celebrate life, and be positive and be happy. And I think the best thing that we could do is just give her a massive round of applause. And if you want to remember Flo, make sure you're joking around all day today. Have a good time, hug people and um, let's celebrate everything that she has accomplished for us and that we've been able to accomplish together. So that's right. So we're gonna kick that off with the way we always kick it off, which is who here wants to work in comics, currently works in comics, or has a family member who wants to work in comics? I need you guys to stand up. Stand up right now. Stand up. Comics, future comics fans, creators. Woo! Fantastic, look around. Come on, Emmett. Give yourselves a round of applause for having the audacity to work in this incredible industry, difficult industry, and make sure that you know that you guys are all one another's allies. So go make friends, all right? So with that, let's kick this off. Come on, Judy Stevens. Boom, look, we've got Woman of Marvel covers. Look at this. Current Marvel female-led titles currently happening in the Marvel comic universe. So I just want to give you a quick reminder. I don't think we've updated all of them. This is just a reminder of the fact that zero, we had zero nine years ago. Um, and we have up to about 19 right now. We have a few more in development. Uh, we have so many, we're so, so, so much great content out there. And a lot of it is thanks to you guys. Thank you guys so much for supporting us and continue to support us. So this is just a little thank you and a reminder of how much, how far we've come. Maybe one day there'll be like 50 covers on here. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I have to make a panel with 50 covers. <laughs> so we've got some great art to talk about today. Um, we've got some beautiful stuff by, written by Christina Strange. Nice, Christina. Generation X. So what's happening in uh, Generation X right now? Oh my god, so many things. Um, issue 5 comes out next month. It's, a, it's an iBoy highlight issue about... Uh, poor iBoy and Nature Girl going on an adventure against this guy named the Rat King. You guys will learn more about that in that issue. And then coming up, we have um, a fun two-issue arc with the, uh, that we've, I guess, called The Boys' Night Out, where they get into trouble. They go to an auction that just conveniently is run by a bunch of villains. And that it's like, is what are we super convenient. It's so convenient. Quentin was, like, didn't, mind, like, didn't bother to tell them where they were all going. Uh, and yeah, we have a bunch of stuff coming up. And then, like, you don't see it in these covers, but we have some jubilee things that I'm very excited about in the next few issues that I don't want to talk about because spoilers. <laughs> Wait, Christina, can I ask you, go, shifting from being a colorist mm -hmm. on Runaways to now being a writer on the other side, what has that process been like? Is it trippy? It's been definitely yeah. trippy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, I don't, I think would be lying if I said it wasn't trippy, it, but in a good way. Uh, I feel like the best thing about having colored for 10 years is that I'm able to talk to my artists with a certain level of empathy that I wouldn't have been able to had I not been on their side of the equation for a long time. But it's great. It's really fun. Um, it's, a, it's definitely a different perspective of the work process than I'm used to. Because I was, like, as the colorist, I was so used to being the last line of defense against deadlines where it was like, 
you're the only one that can get this book to print on time. Come on, just do it. And this time around, it's like, I'm like, if we don't, you don't give me notes on this. My penciler's not going to get in time. Do not, like, screw them. I know how stressed they are. Uh, so, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Um, and I've had a really good time. And it's nice Yay. getting to play with characters. Well, we're glad you're back. I'm glad to be yeah. here. Yeah. Yay. It's all right. Oh, Mariko. Mariko Tamaki, everyone. It's all good. Hi, everyone. I'm so sweaty. You actually just timed it right because the next slide is uh, uh, the cover from Hulk number 11. So, first of all, welcome to the Women of Marvel panel. Oh, it's a for new, another newbie. We got another newbie. So um, what are we what are we seeing with She-Hulk right now? What's going on? She's dating. <laughs> she's, she's you know she's trying to live her life like a like a regular person and, and meet nice people and it's just really hard. It's hard for everybody <laughs> to meet the right guy or girl, whatever your preference is. Um, so yes, this is uh, and this is like one of my favorite issues that I've worked on for Hulk and it was very. Very much inspired by my love of Shonda Rhimes, which is either really exciting news or really frustrating news, depending on how you feel about it. Um, but yeah, that's what this issue is. You want to explain why uh, um, Hulk, why She-Hulk is gray? For those of you who have not been catching up. Um, Hulk is gray because she's, uh, she's been through some stuff, and she woke up from a coma and she was gray. So that's, and it has affected her in terms of the way that she's able to be Hulk. She's not sort of the same Hulk she was when she was green, so she has um, something, I mean, it's still sort of in progress. She doesn't feel like she can be sort of the regular Hulk that she was, um, but, you know, she's, uh, yeah, she's bigger and grayer, and in terms of what the specifics are, we're still sort of working through that. And we also have uh, the new Marvel, Marvel Legacy cover. This is actually the first time we're revealing this. Yeah. Right? I mean, not what? Sure. Yeah. Ooh. Spoiler. Spoiler. Mar- Mariko, can you talk about what's to, what's what's to come with the legacy storyline? I really don't know what I'm allowed to say. Oh. <laughs> uh, you can you can you can say as much as you would like to say without ruining the story for the fans <laughs> and making sure don't that they ruin it. Buy it. No pressure. No pressure. Right. Yeah. Um, well, we I mean you know we wanted to give her like. We wanted to give her like a pretty major villain, and so we got to pick like one of my one of my fave villains, actually. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where it's at. I mean, it's yes, it's um, it's something that is more of um, actually. I can say that it was uh, inspired by Stephen King, so I I tried to sort of take a Stephen King approach to this one. Uh, and if you guys don't know about Marvel Legacy, it's going to be um, a bunch of. Big, bombastic stories about what makes Marvel so great. It's going to obviously touch upon Marvel's legacy, um, but they're just fantastic stories that we've been building towards for such a long time, um, and those start launching around October? October, I believe. Yes. So, um, and I think this legacy storyline is out in November. So we also got something super exciting coming this fall. Um, Runaway is back! And we have a new Women of Marvel to the fold, to the writer team. We're so excited to bring Rainbow on. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Do you want me to talk about it? Yes, yeah. talk about it. Talk <laughs> about it. I'm actually just like, I, I find that cover hypnotic, that Chase Gert cover. So every time I see it, I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So the Runaways are back um, such as they are. If you read The Runaways when um, the original Brian Vaughn, Adrian Alfona run on Runaways is uh, my favorite comic. Yeah. Um, and I think that these are just classic Marvel characters who deserve forever stories. But um, so when we see them again, um, they're a mess. Because like, if you've been keeping track, they've like, well, half of them are dead. So for starters, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> the others are traumatized and damaged and have been tortured in basements. Um, but they're coming back. It's basically a getting the band back together story. So yes, that's my favorite. You like a getting the band back together it. story? Okay. Um, and so it's kind of like the plot of the Country Bears movie, really, if you've seen that. <laughs> it's um, the Blues Brothers. <laughs> or, or the Blues Brothers, whatever. Um, so... Uh, so if you read the Runaways the first time, they didn't really choose to be heroes, and they didn't choose to be together. Um, they are just like a bunch of kids stuck on the same boat out of hell. Um, and this, in this run, we're really going to bring it back together and have them choose. So like, let them choose whether they want to be this, um, this family and this team or not. Maybe they choose not to be. Um, so that is, what we, that is what these first six issues are about. And also kissing and cats. Cats. Two of my favorite things. Do they kiss? Do they kiss cats? I'm not gonna. I won't reveal that. That seems like a spoiler. Rainbow has a cat that wears a bow tie. It's my favorite cat. <laughs> I actually have a ten-year-old who's obsessed with cats, and I was never a cat person. But like the only thing he ever wants to talk to me about my work is whether or not I will write cats into things. And so cats have just like, as of recent, become like very important to my career. Like the only thing I have to answer to at home is like, is there a cat and is it fat? So, <laughs> And yes. does it wear a hat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, don't even bring that into it. <laughs> well, we also recorded, uh, like, a 45-minute long podcast uh, with Rainbow that will be coming out after the yeah. first issue in September. And we've got some art from oh. Anka. Chris I'm- Anka's art is just amazing because he already loved The Runaways. So he brings all of this, like, deep knowledge and affection for the characters um, and it's been a dream for me because we both care deeply about what they're wearing and what their hair looks like. Um, so there's a lot of discussion about anguish and hair. <laughs> I mean, clearly hair is really important, right, Sana? Yes, it's very important. Very important, yeah. I mean, look at Gert and her hips up there. It's just amazing. He's so good. Yeah. So, Carol Danvers. Woo! So we had to talk to you, Margie, in January on the podcast to talk a little about what was happening with Carol. We record so many podcasts. Sometimes we don't turn them on. Sometimes we lose them. Wow, you just called me out on the spot. No, because we love to record them. So, like, we just do it over and over and pretend it's You know what? I just really love talking to you. I know. It's my favorite thing. So what's going on with Carol right now? Uh, maybe some of you noticed she had a costume reveal for the MCU yesterday. That was a little exciting. I will be making that eventually. Oh, sorry. Eventually. Spoilers. Um, super exciting. I love Carol. Uh, I love Carol's big heart. We were just talking about her on the live stream. And I'm, I'm glad to, uh, you know, I want to see lots of little Carols running around over here next year and the next year. But, um... She is, I've loved working with McKelly uh, Bandini and Roman Rosales before that. Carol has just been coming through her Secret Empire arc where she's been fighting the Chitari in space in the Band of Sisters arc. We got to introduce teens, the Alpha Cadets, who are my most favorite thing in the whole world. And um, I'm just, I've, I've just been having fun. She's so tough. The, um, 
you know, the harder things got for Captain America, sort of the, the clearer thing they got for Captain Marvel. And I've seen this sort of, you know, clarity come into her focus. Um, I'm having fun with a, uh, this is probably a spoiler and I'm not allowed to say, but I already spoiled it. So oh, well. I'm having fun with a uh, Women of Marvel arc that I'm writing right now. I thought it was appropriate given the event, right? <laughs> I just like a lot of applause. I'm very insecure. But it's been so fun and really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just really proud to work on the book and I'm proud to work with these kick-butt women. I said butt, that's right, I edited, I self-edited. And it's just, it's like the honor and the privilege of my career and I'm here for the little girls. So let's make this happen because you're what I care about. So I will say, um, Captain Marvel, the new iteration of Captain Marvel, um, I think is the reason that we actually have such a huge contingency of women Marvel folks now. Yeah. Like she, she, she's, de she's definitely sort of our flag bearer of everything that is women of Marvel. So it's so amazing to see how much she's accomplished. Uh, we will be celebrating issue 125 of Carol Danvers. Yeah. All of the all of the books that have ever been published about Carol Danvers, that'll be 125. Um, coming out in October. Yeah. She's the original yeah. no sidekicks, just butt kicks. There you go. You heard it here. That's the line. Yeah. All you girls, that's the lesson. And we've got art from uh, Mighty Captain Marvel number six. Yeah. Yeah, she's tough. She takes a, she can take a look. I love it. Those, that's art by McKelly Bandini, who has just been doing such awesome work, and I'm so afraid someone's going to steal him from me. No stealing. Like, totally. I hear no Brian, Brian Bendis, I hear him calling. No. <laughs> no. Brian? No, Brian. Can't have him, Brian. Back off. So, uh, some Riri Rooms. You know, we have a lot of talks to speak to a little bit what's going on with Riri right now. Wait, do you oh. guys know who Ironheart Riri yes. Williams is? Wait, you do? Yes. You must. Amazing. She, uh, she, if you guys don't, you need to, you need to pick up uh, Iron Man right now because there's some amazing Riri Williams stories, which Alana will tell you about. Yes, uh, so I have the pleasure of being assistant editor on the Ironheart book, Invincible Iron Man, that's coming out right now. Um, and there are some really exciting things happening with Riri right now. Um, the Generations one-shot, uh, I think it's Generations the Iron, is coming out very soon by uh, Marco Rudy and Brian Michael Bendis. And there's a page of it up there. Um, this might be the first time we're showing it. I put it in a letters page, but I don't think that issue's out yet. Um, and so that's going to be a really exciting story about... Um, Riri's had a limited amount of time she's been able to interact with Tony Stark, um, like, in the flesh. And because of the way the Generations issues are built, uh, this is the spot where she's really going to be able to do that and, and take something away from that that helps her define who she is as a hero. Um, and the other page is from Champions, uh, Riri's first appearance in Champions with the other teenage heroes, uh, Ms. Marvel, Nova. Well, Nova's not in this one, but he's in the, the book. Um, and Miles and a bunch of other uh, heroes. So uh, she kind of gets to be with her peers for a little bit, which is really fun, except it's during Secret Empire, so it's not at all fun for her. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, exciting things coming up for her. And as like a, I'm just gonna spoil this, we're working on a, I work on a series called Marvel Becoming, I'm gonna show you guys episodes shortly, um, and we're gonna be working on a Riri costume. Nice. Uh, so look for that coming uh, this fall. So, super excited to showcase her epic armor. Mm -hmm. This is stunning. Uh, we, got a, we got a tweet from someone who's, who's building like the armor, like a, a young girl who's like physically building the Ironheart armor, which is amazing. Are there any Ironheart cosplayers here? 
Where, where, where? Stand up. I can't even see you. Stand up. Stand up. Where, where, where? Oh, you look amazing. You look so good. Wait, cut, 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 cut. Wait, we actually, we have something, we have something for, you. for you. Come on up here. We were going to, uh, we have some stuff to uh, give away for people ask questions, but come up. We have a signed Black Panther uh, poster that we just had um, in, uh, from the cast of Black Panther, and that is for you. So now, I think you're all brainstorming questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got some free goodies up here for yeah. the best questions, so think yeah. hard. But there's really, uh, especially with the Riri cosplayers, there's an amazing amount of creativity that like, I see from the people who send me their cosplays on the letters page and you know, people who are building their own costumes and you know, building their own arc reactors to wear in their chest, and it's just the coolest. Uh, so you guys are great. Um, and you can speak a little bit about Tony Ho, who also has amazing purple hair, I would say. Like say. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't been reading U.S. Avengers or the run of New Avengers that came before that, uh, Tony Ho is also Iron Man adjacent. She's the daughter of Yinsen Ho, who died to help Tony Stark become Iron Man. Um, and in the U.S. Avengers arc we're doing currently, uh, she's also a, a very intelligent scientist and engineer. And she's put in almost the same position her father was, where she's in a cell with a, a dying Roberto da Costa. Uh, and she has to kind of MacGyver a solution to get herself out of there and also decide how far she's willing to go um, and if she's willing to go as far as her father did. Uh, so there's, there's some really fun stuff coming up for her. And uh, I also just love her because she's, she's one of our, our lovely LGBT characters and she has a lovely, lovely girlfriend uh, named Aiku. And they're adorable. Uh, so that's something Al Ewing was building across uh, New Avengers and US Avengers. And they're super cute. And if you haven't checked them out, you should because they're adorable. And then we have uh, the cover of Miss Marvel number 23. Yay, Miss Marvel! Woo! Another iconic, I would say iconic woman that has brought fans to the woman of Marvel. Uh, Kamala is amazing. Yeah, she's brought some brown people to comics too, which has been pretty Ooh. nice. <laughs> hey, my brownies, where are you Woo-hoo. at? Uh, Woo-hoo. There you go. Um, so Willow could be here because uh, we're making her write more comics. Um, uh, if you guys are not reading Ms. Marvel right now, we're actually um, in the middle of a pretty important, important storyline called Mecca. Um, and uh, it is about uh, Kamala and her community and how her community turns against her and um, how she has to deal with that, particularly when people close to her start turning against her. It's a pretty emotional storyline. It's very close to um, Willow and myself. Uh, we have been thinking about writing something like this for a while and uh, it was the right time to do it. So check that out right now. I believe issue 21 is on sale right at the moment. Um, Ms. Marvel 23 is the return of the Red Dagger, a.k.a. Lal Ganjir. I'm just teaching you guys other languages. Oh, God, so educational comics. Um, and it, it's uh, when, when a, few, a few months ago when Kamala had uh, gone to Pakistan to visit her family, she um, comes across this other superhero who happens to be also very handsome. <laughs> and uh, he ends up coming to Jersey City for um, a few reasons. So uh, Kamala's life gets a little bit more interesting. And I love Kamala uh, with boy crushes because she's very, very awkward does not know. Um, she's never kissed a boy, so she has no idea what to do in these situations. 
Um, so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, they're going to have a, a little bit of a, of a team up. So um, this definitely check. This is, it's going to be a two-issue little storyline. And then uh, it's going to go into our, our legacy story, which is going to be a big, big, big important story. And that's all I got. Did you ever imagine you'd be on, tw- you'd be on issue 23? No, 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 no. We thought we'd be done by issue nine. <laughs> we're like this, and actually, issue twenty-three. We're technically, uh, I believe, we're up to issue what's nineteen forty-one. Wow. In actuality, we have about forty-one issues of Ms. Marvel because this is the second volume numbering. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for allowing us to do this and actually buying the comics. Mm-hmm. It helps. So, Lorraine, when you're not uh, hosting and writing for the Big Marvel Show or producing Marvel Top Tens, you also write books. I do. <laughs> it's very busy. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, so this is Mar- Ab- uh, Marvel, absolutely everything you need to know. Uh, this book is in stores now, which is sort of a really fun graphic all-ages book that has fun facts and weird trivia uh, and that kind of stuff about absolutely everything you need to know in the Marvel Universe. Uh, And uh, I have another one coming out very shortly. Oh, there it is! Uh, Ultimate Marvel, which is a really comprehensive book. It's for a little bit uh, more mature readers, but not adult. Not like that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) For, you know... I feel like you were looking at me like Sana's not mature. No, not Not for you, Sana. Not for you. (laughs) I was like, Sana, stop me. Um, But this book is, it's a big, beautiful uh, coffee table book that has stories all the way back from the early days of Timely Comics and Atlas. Uh, all the way up to the present. It has comprehensive character history stories, goes through storylines, crossover events. So it's really like, if you're like, I really do want to know all that stuff, you can find it in there. So, and that'll be out in September. And then of course there's Swift, the big Marvel show and all that. Swift, the big Marvel show! Uh, Which we do every Tuesday on marvel.com and the live stream that Judy and I are truant from right now so that we can do this. So it's on Tuesdays on Marvel's YouTube or on our social media. It's a fun variety show that we do where we play games. We sometimes torture them. I mean, they make us drink hot sauce and other strange things if we get our Marvel trivia wrong. Or ride Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And then Ryan Panagos almost cries. Um. (laughs) But now you never get your trivia wrong because you've written two encyclopedias of Marvel facts. You must be the world's most annoying trivia guest. It is annoying. (laughs) Now there's a pressure the next time someone watches. Ugh, don't ask me. Um. <laughs> so, and also, um, some other amazing stuff we've got going on are the adult woo, 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 woo. Actually, I like to put, to put these up. So, as you guys know, with, um, in partnership with uh, Disney Publishing, we've, uh, we do these great young adult middle grade novels. Um, this is a fantastic middle grade novel by Shannon and Dean Hill about, of course, Dor- our fave, Doreen Green Squirrel Girl. Who has the best catchphrase ever, which is the powers of a squirrel and the powers of a girl. Yes. Right? It's my favorite. Um, So we do these awesome, awesome books, and it's so great because, you know, you probably have people in your lives who have never really read comics, but probably would love these characters if they were just given the opportunity. So we've expanded in different kinds of formats specifically for this reason. So it's just a great book to give to your family members, friends, people that you're like, hey, I want to share my nerd love with you, and this is a way to do it. 
Um, and actually, and Miles Morales uh, by Jason Reynolds is actually so fantastic. If you guys are Miles Morales fans, such a great story. And that's um, the best cover ever. It is such a great cover. Uh, and that's the yeah, young adult novel, and then, uh, and then the middle grade novel is Let's go to the next slide, actually. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about this just very, very quickly. Uh, Marvel Superhero Adventures. Um, it's a brand new, it's for early readers, new chapter books. It's someone that, if you have kids in your lives who are learning to read for the first time, you can give them this book. It's a little bit more advanced. Um, it's also a book that you can read with uh, your, your kid, your nephew, your niece, whoever it is, friend, godson, goddaughter. Um, and uh, it has illustrations and uh, has a little bit more into, uh, challenging language, the way that Stan always intended to make sure that you educate your readers as you're entertaining them. And, and what's great is that there's a one-page comic at the, at the very end, so it's a great transitional. It's a way to teach um, the kids in your life uh, how, to, how to read comics for the first time. And it's adorable and funny and, and, and has some great lessons about Spider-Man and his friends. He, he has a team up in every single um, book that we're going to do uh, and also introducing some of the fantastic um, female characters in the Marvel Universe. And I just want to give a special... It's written by Mackenzie Cadenhead and, and Sean Ryan and I just want to give a special shout-out to Mackenzie Cadenhead who is my mentor and the reason I actually am working in comics to this day, she encouraged me and I always like to send a lot of love because we it's incredibly important that we all have allies and we have people that support us. Same. And, yes. She is the best. She is the best. So and she just had her third third kid and that she brought home from the hospital yesterday. What? So yay, Mackenzie, my love. Woman of Marvel. Yes. She also she put me on runaways in Spider Man Loves Mary Jane. So there are two people on this panel. Yeah. Mackenzie, Cadenhead, got started. Yes. Wow. She's just been in the background for some time. So I'm so happy that she's back in comics. But this is so good and so fantastic. So definitely check that out when it comes out in September. So I'm going to give some uh, props to the shows that I work on. I produce a series of original content that we're currently releasing on Marvel's YouTube, Marvel.com, and our social media channels. Uh, We have original content for you guys Monday through Friday. That's a wide variety of options. Um, And two of the series that I work on, I work on a few others, but these are specifically two going on right now, which is SWIP, which I just, we talked about, which is Lorraine and Ryan, and it's super fun. And then the other thing we do is Color Marvel Becoming. Um, Obviously, I love cosplay. I cosplay. We really want to give props to cosplayers, and so this series really highlights cosplayers um, and their epic costumes. And so on that note, we just uh, released season two. We started with season two last week. Um, And so I've got an episode for you guys uh, featuring uh, Maida Might, who is Spider-Gwen. I essentially grew up in a comic book store all throughout elementary school, and I've been reading comics. They really got me through the hardest parts of my life, the lowest parts, and they gave me courage when I had none. I decided one day I'm going to become these characters that I love, and so I did. Gwen Stacy has always been my favorite Spider-Man love interest. She was my first Marvel cosplay that I felt this crazy connection to. And so I cosplayed her classic outfit and then just kept going. (laughs) I love Gwen Stacy's spider suit. It's really sleek, awesome design. But I also really love like a punk rock edge. And I decided to do this cool plaid. Then I kept her classic spider, her drumsticks. She has a backpack because that's where she keeps her suit. And she's always on her way to band practice. I had headphones for her. 
It's very important to have enough of the original character to make your design really read. For Gwenum, I ordered the suit and really experimented with the makeup to kind of look like it was not taking over Gwen, but living on top of her and she was fighting it the whole way. And I really kind of dig that, like scared fighting, but also a fearsome superhero. I've been a fan of Spider-Gwen ever since she came out. And now with an added bonus of having this cool personality being a band, she's just grown on me even more. So I think I'm gonna do lots more versions of her. <laughs>
we, we've got a couple of limited giveaways here. Oh, so just be mindful. Definitely ask these questions, but be mindful. And we're asking that you limit your questions to one a person. Yeah, we want to get if as we have many more time, as we go can. Back. Yeah, you can go back. But hey, Marley's back. Hi. Marley, special shot. Marley, we have been has been growing up with us. Like she was a little girl the first time she cosplayed Ms. Marvel about four or five years ago, and showing up to every convention. And has I've seen her get taller and taller, and now she's got you got Lakta. Lakta's been waiting for you. Uh, yeah, you guys can get Lakta at the Marvel booth if there's still some available. So, uh, hi, my question is: If you can be any female Marvel superhero, who would you be? Squirrel girl. <laughs> Squirrel girl all day for me. I mean, obviously, I'd be Captain Marvel. Because I am. <laughs> I, I would be Captain Marvel because of that suit yesterday. I'm feeling the power. <laughs> I, I mean, guess which one I would want to be. Miss <laughs> Marvel? <laughs> yes, you're correct. I, I'm going to say Dazzler. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going with Rogue. Nice. Yeah, I think Ms. Marvel. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Molly Hayes because she has the best hats. Oh. <laughs> Thank and you. she's great. Uh, okay, coming up here because you have been such a dedicated fan for oh. so long. Oh. That was that was signed by Shannon and Dean Hale, who wrote the book. Signed. Shout out to Squirrel Girls team, comic team winning the Eisner. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's wow. right. congratulations. Who, I mean, uh, wait, can I just say this one second? How did Squirrel, like Squirrel Girl, when we thought we thought about making a comic about six years ago, people would be like, no one's going to buy a Squirrel Girl. <laughs> and now it's an Eisner award winner. And, amazing. and, and she's going to be on the new award. And she's going to be on the new award. Oh, my God. There's so so much you're going to get her onto your TV. The things we get away with. Uh, <laughs> next. Um, I've always been a big fan of Daisy Johnson, and I was wondering if she would ever cross over with Captain Marvel. So, excellent question. Uh, I love Daisy Johnson as well, and all I'm going to say is that, well, she's currently in the Secret Warriors um, series. Um, we can pro we'll probably have um, We can talk collapse. about that. Yeah. But all, uh, this I'm is where all our best ideas say, come from. Just, just pay attention. In the next few months, just pay attention. Or you'll see more of her. That's all I'm going to say. Hello. Hello. Um, my question is, in an industry that is known for catering to fanboys and being male-dominated, how do you deal with mansplaining and just making sure women have an equal seat at the table? What a great question. Thanks. I mean, I will say, as, as someone who's worked at Marvel for 11 years, um, the teams that I have worked with, I've never felt ever uh, anything different because I'm a woman. I, I think there's so much respect within our office, and we do our best to make sure that the video series we do and the comics we do really just showcase to everyone. Um, and sometimes you just have to ignore the comments. I just call out like sexist and racist all the time, and then it disarms them. And they don't know. What to do you do. have like a red, do you have a sign that follows you around that's like bang 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 bang? Yeah, basically. Basically, here's the, yeah your to your token brown woman is here. Should I give you a fog? Stop talking. So when you're like in <laughs> no 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 I, I will I will I will agree with it. I feel like uh, Marvel and the people in the environment. I've had some tough situations working in comics, but 
I will say um, the people, the folks I work at Marvel, particularly the white guys. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Nicklo. Um, white the white the white men at Marvel have been pretty supportive of me, and I got to say, like, if you're a brown woman. You definitely need some, some white guys in your corner supporting you. <laughs> That's just how stuff happens. It's the reality of it. And they've been great. And if they're mansplaining, I'll be like, you, you're mansplaining. They don't, they don't mind if we're blunt. But they've been really, really incredible and I think supportive of everything that we've done here. So No, I go to the Marvel Creative Summit and sit in a room with a lot of, a lot of dudes. And they are brothers from another mother. They, they treat me like their kid sister because I'm so much younger than they are. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Um, no, but seriously, I, I, I come out of video games. I've talked about this in this room before. I've, had, I've walked in a room before and had people say, oh, look, the stripper's here because I was the only girl. Well, okay, things have gotten better, and I, I, uh, I, I encourage that. All, all um, industries to get better and better. But I will say I've never experienced any level of that at Marvel. I've just had joy. So I've been working for Marvel since 2003. <laughs> Jesus, I'm old. Um, I've been working for them since 2003, and I, I actually had, I, I don't know if I'm lucky or what, but the majority of the editors that I've worked with in my time have been nothing but great to me. Um, Nick Lowe might be one of the few white guys I've worked with. <laughs> I've worked with a lot of female editors and a lot of editors of color and queer editors. So, like, there's, it's, it's a little more diverse than you might realize. Um, and in all honesty, like, all that mansplaining and sexism is in the real world. Like, that's something that we're all told we have to deal with. And it's not different in comics. You just kind of have to push through. I ha genuinely haven't had any, like, the biggest... Time, and actually Nick talked me out of this, the only bad experience I've ever had had nothing to do with gender and had everything to do with just working with a dude who didn't want to work with me. So, yeah, it's fine. Um, I've, I've had a good time. Yeah. I think also, like, outside the office, in terms of, like, that coming at you from, like, social media or from the world, like, it really helps to be a person who works at Marvel because, like, what are they going to do? Like, you work at Marvel already. So it's kind of like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to get any... <laughs> but you know like it, like you get someone in your twitter feed talking down to you about like characters you spent hours and hours of your life working on and it's just like dude who even are you like it doesn't it just doesn't matter like it, it's it's much easier for it to just kind of bounce off when that's your job and you know you know how much work you put into it and how much love you put into it so, so it helps working at a company like this. Yeah, I used to get, you know, you, I, I work in video <laughs> and on social media and stuff uh, for Marvel, and so occasionally you get a comment. Uh, so now my new favorite thing is to just send them a link to my book. <laughs> and they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, all right. There you go. <laughs> just take a look. Uh, and that really helps. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I will say that, that you're not alone, that we're not alone, that, you know, uh, that there is, there is another woman that uh, is, is fighting the battle somewhere. And, you know, uh, we are all here to help you guys out because, you know, someone has to, someone has to help. Just like mentors, you know, we're, we're here. So. But another thing we do is write whatever we want. I mean, Rainbow with Runaways is like, there's nothing she's not taking on. Mm -hmm. Is that a spoiler? Yeah, that's a spoiler. Take on the world. Cats. Forget it. I didn't say that. <laughs> Go ahead. Hi. Um, I guess this is primarily for Sana. Um, 
I come to this panel every year and it's always really exciting to see like all the things that you guys are working on. But I know some of the things that have happened uh, or have come out haven't taken off the way other things have. Mm. And I just kind of wanted to know like, what does it feel like when something like World of Wakanda that's like really new and innovative doesn't really take off? Or, you know, have you guys thought of any like different ways of marketing or um, cre creating to like kind of break the paradigm of Comics. We are constantly thinking of ways in which we can bring in new audiences, we can take more risks, creative risks, and I think we've been doing it. I think the fact that we have books like World of Wakanda, the fact that we've got, you know, Amadeus Cho as Hulk right now, it just speaks to the fact that the industry has changed so much and people are much more open to taking these, to, to, to this kind of content. And I, I don't think that's gonna change. I think that's just the, the way, that's the nature of the industry. I think that's where we're gonna continue to grow and flourish. You know, comics is a small place. You guys are here because you love it and you know it. It's very much sort of a big, big, big family. Um, and we just have to make sure people buy our content. Seven years ago, eight years ago, with first, whatever the first Women of Marvel panel was, we had like two of these rows filled. And, and there was, what, at that point, what, X-23 was the only female-led title that we had, and then that ended up getting canceled, and we're like, listen, guys, we agree with you. We want you to, we want to make this kind of content, but we actually just need you guys to go buy it. So go buy, buy one issue and buy another one for your friend and pass it on and pass it on. And that's really what it's about, because we're also a business, of course, and we have to make money, but there are properties out there that we believe in and we continue to do, and that's why... Because one book goes away doesn't mean that it's the end of those kinds of books by any means because there's a lot of love for those characters and we believe in those characters. It's not just from the fans. We believe that they're great stories to tell. But there's cycles in this and it depends. One, one story comes, another one goes away, and then another one comes back in. So just you know, be patient with us and have faith in us and understand that there's, this is all comes with the best of intentions and just so much love um, for, for what we could continue to become. So, but thank you, and thanks for coming to every Woman of Marvel panel. Please come up, those questions. But I also always say, make noise. You know, you guys, I say this every year, we hear everything you say, Marvel hears everything you say, every company hears everything you say online. Like, there's no one not watching that. So you make your, you use your voice, because that's how things change, your voice and your dollars. You know, I'm gonna be nice, though. <laughs> it's like in a really nice please and thank you kind of thing. <laughs> hey, my name's uh, Phil. I'm a lawyer who's lucky enough to work in comics, and I want to say congratulations to you guys and thank you for bringing such diversity behind the scenes to the community and telling fresh stories. I've been here for seven years working, and I was curious. We see a lot in, on the legal side issues of unequal pay in Hollywood, especially for talent, but we don't see or hear so much about it for creatives and executives in the comic book industry. I was wondering if you guys could speak to your experience of that or if you still perceive it to be a problem, although Marvel's culture, of course, is pristine. <laughs> or so I'm told. I, I will say if you work in comics, everybody is broke. Yeah. <laughs> the great equalizer. <laughs> Definitely the great equalizer is just not getting paid enough across the board. So, yeah, that's, that's what I got. <laughs> uh, so I work as a TV writer. <laughs> And I can tell you, paying comics is not great. But going from like working as a colorist and having known what my coworkers, not my coworkers, but my peers were making, like gender had nothing to do with it so much as like comics is just not a big money business at all. And so I, I don't think there's like any, 
I wouldn't really say it's a huge gender disparity issue so much as like, there's just not a lot of women comics. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and everyone starts at the same pay rate. Like we, we just, yeah, there's yeah. an entry point rate. Everyone is the same. It all has to do with how much experience you have. Um, and that's, that's how the, the, the pay increases. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for reminding us about our wallet. Yeah, for you. Sana's supposed to be doing this. Sorry. I got, I got distracted because oh, now yeah. I got to go check my bank account. She's oh. a no, I like the lawyers. Don't worry. The lawyers help me do my things. <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm Kelly, and I'm a co-owner of a comic book store. Yay. My husband. Yay. And we have four women working at our store. Woo! We have some dudes too, but there's four. Um, so one of my questions I wanted to ask is, what with, you know, this is a women in Marvel, I'm a co-owner woman of a comic book store. What are some of the hardest things that you have women in the industry faced as being, I know we kind of, you kind of mentioned some things as a little bit mansplaining, but was there a, like a really difficult issue that you had, because I know some women experience it a lot. We really don't have a lot of problem in our shop with it, but do you, what was any of your hardest experiences? I mean, I feel like it's changed. I remember I did an, I did an interview like in 2008, and this, this guy who was interviewing me was like, what's it like to be an outsider in the industry? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm an outsider? And he was like, well, yeah, because you know, you're a woman and you're like not white, so what's that like? And I was like, I think you just answered your question, really, with the form of your question. So I do think, but I think also at the same time, you know, like it's, I think it's, it's changing, right? Like I think it's like, it's like people here have said, it's like any industry, right? Like yeah. I worked in the tech world and, and I've, I've had so many things explained to me. I do them all so well now, because they've been explained to me. Um, <laughs> thanks guys. <laughs> I can like do a PowerPoint. I had someone explain how to do a PowerPoint presenta presentation to me once, and I was like, am I four? Like, I don't know how to like make an image on a PowerPoint. Um, so I think it is, like it's kind of cross-industry, but I do think that because people have been so explicit about their experiences and shared them online, it's like, it's not a secret. You know, when someone says something to you, you can like tweet it out and be like, this is what this asshole said to me, so that we all know. The thing that's always been interesting to me about that question is my biggest issues with working in comics has rarely had anything to do with that and always been more along the lines of, I'm losing my mind, I'm so tired. <laughs> like, I'm working such crazy hours, I have to call my editor and, like, they have to talk me off a cliff. <laughs> so, um, I, I think it depends, but, yeah, I mean, you see a lot of those stories online, people share them. Um, I get asked that question all the time and I don't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. it I mean, hasn't. Uh, the nature of the question also yeah, it also suggests that what we're doing is we're entering a, like a landmine, like a field full of landmines. And I, I haven't had that experience at all. For me, my big issues with working in comics is, is like it's difficult to juggle things and it's difficult to keep a schedule and it's difficult to like, there's just so many other things on a list um, that are way above the idea that like I have occasionally had something mansplained to me, but I'm also really aggressive. So I'll just be like, I don't care. You know, uh, so yeah, I mean, it just, it depends on the person. I think, too, it's important to keep in mind, culturally, as women, I think sometimes it can, easy, it can be easy to be like, I'm sorry, I'm a nice girl. And it's like, no, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to own this, 
I'm going to get out of my own way and I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, and I think sometimes all of those internal things or the things that you don't even notice are a part of life and a part of you. It's just like giving yourself permission to take the steps that you need to take to do what you want to do because nobody can stop you but you. Yeah, and I think uh, for me working in editorial, uh, like I've had the experience before of picking up comics and opening them and being like, this book is not for me because it's got breakback poses, it's got like, you know, crazy contorted women that just, you know, it's, it's not drawn for me or it's not directed at me. And I'm terrified that I'll put a book out there that will cause someone to feel that. Uh, so, you know, I'm very conscious of when we get art in, when we get scripts in, you know, reading it from a female perspective. And, um, you know, the, the difficulty there is knowing when to say something and, and when I'm being too sensitive. Yeah. So, like, it, it's really a constant exercise in learning to trust your own perception of things, which is, which is yeah. a battle every day, uh, but, but it's a battle that's worth fighting. So That's how I relate to it as a creator. I think people who build worlds take that responsibility super seriously. Mm -hmm. So I have a non-binary child. Everyone in my family has been, you know, kind of gay. And I'm like, I'm just like, I'm not going to ever sell out my family because that's like when I picture a reader, I picture my reader, I picture my kids. So for me, it's like, I'm not gonna contribute to anyone pretending the world is different than it is. Mm. And that's just my own take, that's what I can do. And everyone, is, everyone at Marvel has been nothing but supportive about that, by the way. I can't speak for the industry, I've only worked here. Yeah, and I will say, you know, uh, I, I've been very privileged to have a great uh, group of bosses and people and teams, but I've never been afraid to say, to open my mouth and say something. I think that ha that has a lot to do with it. As everyone knows, Lorraine is nodding her head very aggressively. Um, I'm the first person to say no, because that's what a producer does. But, you know, I'm, true. I've, I've been allowed to, to, to have that freedom, and I think that that is important. You know, don't be afraid to speak up, um, and don't be afraid to be you, you know, and, and, and that's it. I'll just say, when you know who the villains are, then it's time for you to be a hero. I love challenges. I think it's oh, great. Oh, that's cool. I can yeah. feel that. There, <laughs> Captain Marvel. Yes, thank Boom. you. Done. <laughs> Hello, Quake. Hi. Um, my question is, are there any two female characters that haven't interacted much that you think would make like an epic team up? Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> really good. I'm sorry. Um, actually, uh, my two friends cosplayed yesterday. For, uh, they're the judges of the casting contest, and they were Kitty Pride. And Squirrel Girl. Ooh, I, we haven't really done much with Squirrel Girl and Ms. Marvel, actually. Oh, yeah. Actual yeah, team yeah. Up. <laughs> um, we'll go back to Squirrel Girl. I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't know that they've really ever teamed up. Clea and um, Scarlet Witch, because they're so magical. <laughs> they would explode the world. <laughs> it's really heroic. <laughs> I want to destroy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just really want to get uh, Ms. Marvel back. Like, the heart-rending breakup of Carol Danvers and Kamala Khan. I'm still nursing that bruise. <laughs> Deal with it. Sana. <laughs> I mean, the team-up that's most on my mind right now is the one that, you know, is in my front yard, which is um, Carolina and Nico, who have interacted in the past, and I would like to interact a lot more. Yeah, I backed out one of a thousand percent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
the okay, so, so I don't think I can help. Sorry, we only have five minutes left. I don't want to interrupt anyone who's an important answer, but I wanted to make sure we get as many questions as physically possible because yeah. I see all this line. Yeah, line's long. Hey, women of Marvel. Hey. Uh, so it's a great time to be a woman. It's also kind of terrible. <laughs> what, Woo! what is it like being artists, being creators, to have this platform? Like, do you feel pressure? Do you feel empowered? What is this feeling? Empowered, dude. Yeah. We got a platform. We're going to use it. We are We're in a room of a thousand people. You are all looking at us. You came for us. We're here. We're loud. <laughs> yeah, but also you guys are the platform. Right? So you also have that platform. It's called the internet, so use it. Like it's 2017, the world is on fire. <laughs> Let's all use the platform, you know? It's kind of all hands on deck situation here. Hi, um, so there's a trend kind of happening in comics right now that didn't used to be, but solo hero books, especially mm -hmm. male solo hero books. Male creators are allowed to write female solo hero books, they're allowed to write men, mm -hmm. but women only ever write women. And I was wondering if any of you on the panel who are creators were interested in writing solo male books to kind of get your take on men, because as of right now, Becky Cloonan, I think, is the only person writing a male solo book. I've, you know, she's writing Frank, so mm -hmm. she's the only one. Yeah, why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who's the guy you would write? Hank McCoy. I, I write self-insert. I write Tony Stark in my sleep. Do you really? <laughs> but I could do. I could have done Deadpool. I'm sort of foul. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it is for other people, but I don't ever approach my books or any story thinking like you know. For, for me, it's just like I want to write everything. I just want to write everything. Yeah. I, I have limited time on earth, and of that limited time on earth, I have a limited time for writing. Yeah. I sleep enough. When you're as young as I am, you don't think that way. Yeah, I guess it's different for me. Things are more urgent. Uh, so, like, I try to just think about what I want to write and what stories I want to tell and what characters grab me and not think about, like, I, I can't think about, like, the reasons I wouldn't be allowed to write that. Yeah, and yeah. it's not about the fact that they're not allowed. I just want to say one real quick. Like, we, when there are female characters out there, we think it's incredibly important to have female voices. And that's sort of, we're at the beginning phase. And hopefully we'll get to that point where we get, like, a Margie Deadpool book, because I think I would love that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Christine. Hey, you I, would never recover yeah. from it, so it's probably for the best. <laughs> I, I actually, like, I have never considered the idea of writing a solo book because I love ensembles so much. Mm -hmm. So, like, Gen X for me, there are several male characters in Gen X that I am in love with and I cannot wait to see what, uh, let you guys see what's happening with some of them in the next few issues but like a solo male book if it's the right male I'd love to do it but realistically like I'm, I'm in the same boat as Rainbow I just want to write what I want to write more than find myself writing something that I feel obligated but to write awesome I just don't think that like my heart would be in it how know? awesome that we just got that question yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that made my day yeah <laughs> Well, Marjorie Liu did an amazing docking. I mean, like, yeah, you know, you, yeah, yeah. You get you get the right female and the right male character. It's just a matter of like who wants to write who, who's in what yeah. position. So we've got time for one more question. Thank you so much. Um, for uh, I'm sorry, but the rest of you guys write in and then also come see us backstage. Oh, dang. or not backstage, right to the right. Come to the come to the Marvel Marvel booth. That's yeah. easier. Marvel booth. There you go. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> come to the Marvel booth. We'll be there all the rest of the day. Hi. Make it a really good question. No pressure. When, no pressure. When did you know you wanted to be a comic artist? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Oh. 
when I was 19 and I met Amanda Connor and she told me I could be. Because before then, I genuinely thought, because my mom's Korean and I was trained not to think this way, I genuinely thought I had to be an engineer or something along those lines. So I wanted to do comics since I was a kid, but I didn't think it was actually something I could do and actually actively pursued until I was 19. Uh, well, um, I'm not a comics artist. I'm on the editorial side. But back when I was trying to break in as an artist, I would come to the Women of Marvel panel at New York every year. Um, and it just, like, it revitalized me so much and gave me so much confidence. Like, when, when they would have a stand-up and, and I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm a creator. Like, I'm already that. Uh, and after the last one I went to as a fan before I worked at Marvel, I actually came up to Margie uh, and talked to her briefly and said, I want to be on this side of the table with you someday. And I made it. You know what? We, we take... It is... It is the job. It's the job of creators to bring up new creators. So never feel shy. It's our job to bring she you into the industry. Agree. I'm all about crushing anyone who looks promising. Okay. <laughs> Stay away from Rainbow. But it's my job to help you, you know, get what you need to, to do what I do. So never be shy about that, guys. Mm. Well, uh, uh, thank you so much for coming. I mean, this is a fabulous panel. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Again, you can always tweet at us. Uh, we're on the social media, so if you have questions or write in at womenofatmarvel.com. And we'll see you guys next year. Thanks to everyone who joined us for the panel at San Diego and to everyone listening. As always, if you have questions or suggestions, please email us at womenofatmarvel.com or tweet at Marvel with hashtag womenofmarvel. We'll be back next time with the 150th podcast. We've got some amazing things cooking, so stay tuned. And on that note, we'll check you guys later. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>